At this time, I'd like to call our brother, Sir Charlie Escobar, and look to him to share with us his testimony. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brother Alan. Please open your Bibles in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians. This is just one of the verses that that uh, melted my heart to consider the Lord to be my Savior and my Lord. So Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for this great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. We'll, we'll end the reading there. Um, I want to emphasize that I am just a sinner that was saved by the grace of God. So I'm standing here before you tonight telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ died for me. Just like anyone who gave the testimonies, um, Brother Alan read us a passage in the book of Romans. Um, all things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. That's the testimony that I have as well. Even those who testify here in this pulpit before. So, um, to those, oh, many of you know me, but to those who does not know me, my name is Charlie, and I was born and raised as a Catholic, Roman Catholic in the Philippines was born in 1978, and I have uh, three siblings. I have, uh, there were two boys and two girls, my brother being the eldest, and I'm the youngest, and two girls in between. My father is a policeman in the Philippines for 33 years, and he retired as a police officer I remember as a young boy, 
My father is well known in the town because there are only few policemen in the police station, so there are only two or three of them, so they are people, folks from the villages know them by name. So I remember my, I ride with my father in his motorcycle, uh, riding at the back of his motorcycle, wrapping my arm around his waist. And uh, as we pass by so many people along the road that they wave at my father and they greeted him, good morning or whatever. And uh, I realized that my father was well respected in the community and that's the good thing about him. He's very friendly, but at the same time, he's also a gambling man. He knows almost all the gambling in the society or where we live in. So there were times when we don't have money because, not because we are poor, but it's because it went to the gambling house. So... Mostly the gambling house in the Philippines are uh, during weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. Although we are devout Roman Catholics, my father would rather be in the gambling house than in the Catholic Church to be in the Mass. My mother, who is a homemaker, stayed with us. She's a devout Roman Catholic as well. She's the one that leads us to the church. She's the one that taught us the Catholic prayers. And we were taught to pray to Mary. So Mary would then bring our prayers to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the belief system of the Catholic Church, which I don't believe anymore. Praise the Lord. Um, we, uh, we, were, we were not a perfect family. I'm, I wish that my dad didn't do those things that he did, but, you know, we cannot choose uh, father or mother. Um, when I was 12 years old, I met a girl um, who is, uh, to me, that time, she was beautiful. So, you know, and nothing, nothing sensual about it, but uh, if you are in that age, 12, 13, you know that uh, you start looking for uh, uh, girls. Uh, so, but uh, when we were 12, I, I met her. We became friends. We started uh, writing to each other back in the days where there were no cell phones yet. So we wrote letters to each other. And then when she, when we were in college, she went to the big city, Manila, while I studied in different city. But uh, oh, there, there's one time when uh, she told me about what happened to her. I think she heard the gospel in Manila, in one of the churches there, and she told me about the word. She said, 
I am now born again. So I thought to myself, those were strange words. As a Catholic, I, I've never heard those terminologies before. So born again, what? I don't know what it is. So in short, she, she gave me her first Bible that I used to be my first Bible as well. I, I never had a Bible before. Um, so that, that's meaningful. And I began to attend the local Baptist church where I was studying in college under the ministry of uh, an American missionary, Gene Williams. I named my son after him, Gene. So uh, he is a godly man. He loves the Lord. He, I, I grew up in the church, but uh, I, I didn't understand many of things about the Bible yet. But it took me about a year to be convinced that I needed the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Savior because all the preaching in that Baptist church is burning hell and death and, you know, sometimes... You think that they're trying to scare you, but, you know, they, they back it up with the scriptures like the Apostle Paul, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And the answer to that is no one can deli deliver us from the body of this death aside from the Lord Jesus Christ. So th that's, that's the time when I, I became convinced that I needed Christ to be my Lord and Savior. It was in the year 1998. So I'm thankful that I was under the ministry of this American missionary. His godly influence changed a whole lot of my life. And I, I became involved in the church ministry in that city, uh, in the Young People's Program. And there I grew as a believer in Christ. And one of my favorite verse, verses of scriptures that I can still remember to this day, he, Mr. Boyd uh, preached it uh, or mentioned it last Sunday, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So realizing that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I also know that there's a gift of God in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I'm thankful tonight that I was standing here as a sinner saved by grace. So all the glory and all the honor, all the praises belongs to our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share my testimony tonight and hope that there will be some of you here who heard what, what I said, never mind all the things that I said, 
so long as you know what the scripture would say that Jesus Christ is the savior of mankind, of sinners. And another scriptures that came, just comes to my mind right now is, it slipped my mind sometimes, but I just had it, but it, it slipped in my mind. But uh, I'm thankful to God that the Lord has been good for all these years. Uh, by the way, in 1996, I got married, and I married the girl who gave me the Bible. So, so my wife has been always a blessing. God gave, him, gave her to me, not only to be, to show the light of the gospel, but to be my beloved wife. So I'm thankful to her, and may the Lord bless. Thank you. Isn't that a cause to rejoice when you hear a testimony of anyone who can share of their life, how it was previous to knowing the grace of Christ in their own soul and recognizing how precious he is now to themselves and what a Savior we have. He opens us, He opens our eyes, He opens our hearts in different places wherever we're from. And everyone's testimony is unique. And uh, it's just wonderful that uh, we hear how the Lord used Christina <laughs> to be a witness to her husband. And... Uh, I see your daughter's taking notes, and uh, this would be <laughs> this could be the way, Kristen. This could be the way for your future. So, <laughs> praise God, praise God. It's wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, we're still going to go through some scripture here in lieu of the testimony we just heard this evening. Uh, we do have. Well, we'll turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I did read that text uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, but we want to deal more with Philippians chapter 4. And I pray that this ties in with what we just heard. Verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. 
Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise your name this night, and Lord, we so thankful for the testimony of our brother, and Lord, how you used uh, his wife as well in this wonderful scene of saving grace. And Lord, we're thankful that we're thousands and thousands of miles away. You're busy. You're working to save people around this world. And Lord, that you are merciful and kind and, and tender-hearted towards us. And that, Lord, you would be pleased to use us for a witness. And Lord, we're humbled by the fact that us, those who were born rebels, those who are not rejoicing in the Lord, as it were, at an age when we knew nothing of God. But Lord, we're so grateful that you have called us into the wonderful family of God, adopted into the family, engrafted in to this tree. Lord, that we would be called sons of God and daughters of God. Lord, we're so in awe and wonder of your love and mercy. And Lord, how you do provide for your people, how you do provide the needs that each and every one of us require. And Lord, we're so grateful that you are pleased to meet our needs. And Lord, at this time and this night, this very evening, we pray for those who are in a time when they are in struggle of of something, Lord, whether it's it's food or clothing or a home or whatever it may be, Lord, a relationship mended, a health challenge, a financial burden. Lord, I pray whatever that need is for a brother or sister that is out there or for any who are just tuning in on the internet and, and just listening in, Lord, I pray that you would meet the need of the heart as you always do. Lord, we're so grateful for your mercy and your love towards us. 
We do pray that the testimony would touch somebody's heart as it has touched ours. We pray that there would be some soul out there that is pondering upon the things that they heard. We pray that the Holy Spirit would strive with them and bring them to that place where they bow the knee and surrender all to Christ. Lord, we pray that you would guide us this evening, help us in thy word. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Peace is the word here that I wanted to emphasize. In verse 9, Paul says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. In verse 7 he says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We read this morning in Isaiah chapter 9, and I'll just read that for us from verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So the Prince of Peace is Christ. And he has conquered the worst enemies. He has conquered sin, death, and hell for us. As our brother testified, he now knows the peace of God. He now knows there is no enmity between him and God. There's a union now. He has this peace with God. That's why he can stand here and say what he did. Any of us who know that saving grace can do the same thing and testify of Christ and his peace with us. Whereas in the times past, uh, our brother mentioned Romans, we were enemies, or Ephesians, we were enemies. We were at war with God. We had our sword and we were fighting the Lord, as it were. We had no peace with him. We were just at war. At one time, we had to surrender because we recognized our battle was in vain. We were fighting the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who can only humble us. And we would have to lay down our swords and surrender and let his peace rule in us. That he would be, that he would be glad to receive us into his kingdom of peace, and enjoy him forever. In this world, we have constant turmoil. There's no shortage. I was speaking with Mr. Ruzma of a story that I was reading recently in a video that I watched. A story about, I believe it was 1914, if I'm not mistaken, 
during World War I. And it was taking place in France. And at that time, they had trench warfare. And trench warfare is basically dugouts of trenches, soldiers hunkered in, just looking across the land, seeking their enemy, and shooting them dead. And that was trench warfare. It was muddy and bloody, cold and rainy. It was disastrous. There was a story where the Germans, one night, were singing Silent Night, I believe, or Holy Night, one of those two, in the German language. On the other side of the trenches, 30 to 40 yards down, were the British. They heard them singing this hymn, but they couldn't make out what it was. They didn't trust it. So there was some communication back and forth just to see where, why was this happening. They saw that they were lighting up a tree. They were decorating a Christmas tree. And there was light in the trench. This is nighttime. This is not supposed to happen. They're supposed to be shooting at each other. It ended up happening that men came out of the trenches, the British and the Germans came and met on the land. They had a truce. But prior to that, sorry, the British soldiers joined in to the singing while they were in the trenches. And the British soldiers sang in English, of course, the same hymn. And I think it was Silent Night. Someone can correct me on that, but I think it was Silent Night. So they both were singing this hymn. Both armies. They met the next day on land. They shook each other's hands. They started having camaraderie with one another. They weren't shooting each other. Somebody had a soccer ball. They played a soccer game. This is unbelievable. This is the only story of that whole line where this certain segment of this partition of the land where this happened between these two groups. Other groups didn't do that, and they were still fighting. This group had a truce for one day. It all started because they heard a hymn being sung about Christ. It stopped everything. The next day, they went back to war. The same men that were laughing with each other, hugging each other, shaking each other's hands, sharing each other's photos of their families, had to listen to orders. They had to go back to their positions and continue fighting, continue the war, to kill each other and to win the, the victory. There is no peace in this world. And that was very temporal peace. But part of the story is remarkable because it consists of the person of Christ in the singing of the hymn that preceded the stopping of that fighting. That it would bring down the muzzle of a gun and the artillery shell and men would stop killing each other and then having fellowship with each other. 
That's the power of Christ, to be able to silence violence in the hearts of men. That's a remarkable story. Right? Whether those men were Christians or not, just the mere fact that they were singing that and they ceased the fighting because of that was remarkable. So in this world, there is no peace. And, and men strive. They want to have peace, but we know it never happens. This world is at war. It's always at war. And yet the only one that can bring true peace is Christ. The Prince of Peace. And of his government, there shall be no end. No end. Our government will end one day. The governments of this world will cease. This world cannot go on the way it's going on. It, it will cease one day. But praise be to God that Christ said he will set up his kingdom and every knee will bow to him, whether you believe him now or not. And our heart's desire is that you would bow the knee now and not wait. Because the time will come one day when you will give an account and you will have to answer to him. Whether you trust in him or not, you have to answer to Christ. All men will. All the rulers of this world will one day. Whether you're Justin Trudeau, Vladimir Putin, Rodrigo Duterte, whoever you are, you're going to answer to the Lord the ultimate king of kings. The peace. We, we seek the peace of God. And just going back to our text in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, the, the reason that we desire peace is to serve. As Christians, we desire that peace so that we can serve. When we're not at peace, it's very difficult to serve the Lord. When you are constantly striving and, and, and grappling with things in life, you want the peace. You want to be in the storm. As, as the saying goes, in the eye of the storm, there's peace. In the center of the hurricane, there's nothing, going, there's nothing happening there you could sit still in there and not be swayed. In the same sense, you need to have that peace amongst the storms of life. And what a joy it is when Paul says, and he says, be careful for nothing. In verse 6 of chapter 4, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, when you do that, he says in verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. In other words, worry not. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. But in everything even if you are afraid, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
let your requests be made known unto God. So whatever your issue is of the night, whatever your matter is or dilemma of the day, take heart. The Lord says, pray. That's it. Your one step away, your one whisper away, one breath away to reach the Lord by prayer and seeking Him and praying, putting, pouring your heart out to Him. And in turn, God will give you that peace, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. You could not comprehend it. You, it's hard to put it in logic, but the peace of God which comes to your heart you know it. And you are at peace within the storm. Whatever the storm is. And Paul, he goes on to say, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. Isn't it a joyful thing to think about a testimony? Your own testimony. That is virtuous. That points you back to the Savior. That causes your heart to rejoice. That causes your heart to melt, to be humble before the Lord, and to rejoice in what He has done. That's our prayer for any of those who don't know Christ. For any of those on Sermon Audio watching right now, that's our prayer for you, is that you would know the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And many a person, we know, we have family and friends in this situation. This is Christmas Day. Many folks stumble on this day. Many folks despise this day. To them, it is misery because their life doesn't amount to what they see that's being promoted to them before their eyes. They see the, the laughter, the joy, the family, the, the lights, all these sounds and everything that looks so wonderful. It's not in their life. They don't know that. And they are miserable because they're life doesn't mount up to that picture. And I just want to encourage anyone out there, that's not reality. That's the world we live in that creates this facade, this fake facade of joy and happiness and, and peace. It's not real peace. It's not, just go to the malls. It's not real peace. Just go driving the roads. Real peace is knowing Christ. That's the only peace you can have. If you know Christ, you'll know peace. And that's the bottom line. So we pray that for you. And we trust the Lord will bless your heart this evening. Let us close in one hymn here this night. And we'll turn to our hymnals to one hundred and three. What
child is this. And uh, as we heard this, this is Christ the Lord, this child. And we'll stand to sing 103. We'll stand for our closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can sing this hymn and rejoice in the Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who came to this world thousands of years ago to a stable, a manger, and Lord came, and wise men came to worship, shepherds came to worship. The angels proclaimed in great joy your birth. 
And Lord, what a story we have to tell the world. And Lord, we pray that we would be faithful this week going forward, even this night, to bless a dear soul and that they would know this blessed hope that we have and assurance in Christ our Lord. And now, Lord, be with us as we fellowship. Help us in everything we think, say, and do. May the grace of Christ be on our lips and in our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen.